everyone. This is episode 473 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Friday, May 18th, 2018. I am your host, Mark Kuznez. Today I'm going to talk about some news, the Black Ops 4 reveal event, the release date for No Man's Sky Next on Xbox One and the, the free update on PC and PS4, a little bit of Pinball FX3, the Star Wars The Last Jedi bundle of tables, the two of them. And then I'm going to go into my God of War spoilerific review and what have you. I might rehash things that I've said on previous podcasts, but I'm just going to go all out. How long will that be? I don't know. But when I get there, and if you haven't played it and you don't want to be spoiled, that's when you turn off the show. But I'm going to start with the news. And I watched the Black Ops 4 reveal event because I was very nervous. I was scared that the rumors of no single-player campaign were true. And they were indeed true. There is no single-player campaign. It is instead replaced with a Battle Royale mode, which they are calling Blackout. A lot of people are like, oh, of course you do a Battle Royale mode, more Battle Royale mode. I am not upset about that. I think a Battle Royale mode with the mechanics of a Call of Duty game could be really cool because Call of Duty games, mechanically, they just feel great. The controls are great. I love the way they play. And I think mixing that with the Battle Royale mode, uh, that type of game, and they have vehicles, aerial ones, um, driving, I think, boats too. I think it could be really cool and it could be really fun. But... I still want that single player. And other than the Battle Royale mode, there's zombies. This one's going to be the first one or something that has three maps. I'm like, oh my god, three maps. That doesn't sound like a lot, but I guess it's three maps that branch and do. I don't, I've never gotten super into the zombies thing. But I am slightly more interested because you can play with bots now. So you can have a team of three bots. Uh, or if you're playing with two other people, then two bots. Which is cool. I always love it when games like this support bot play. Because sometimes, you know, especially with multiplayer modes too, maybe I just want to play the multiplayer, but I don't want to deal with finding online people or playing against really good people, and I just kind of want to get that experience and do it in a much more convenient way, where I could also maybe pause it, depending on the game. They don't uh, they don't all let you pause it. And then, of course, there's multiplayer. But they confirm that there is no single player, and that is depressing because... I have said this before, but my father loves the Call of Duty games. And one of the things, game-wise, every year that I look forward to most is when the new Call of Duty game, the new Call of Duty game comes out, and then I'm able to buy it for my father, and he gets to play it. Because he doesn't play a lot of games. He's not able to handle a lot, because he is horrible with directions in game. So if it's not very linear and it's not pulling him towards something, he doesn't know where he's going. He's going to get confused. He tried to play Prey. That didn't work at all. He got he played it for maybe an hour and he's like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But the Call of Duty games are structured in such a way that they really hold your hand and push you towards your goal. They keep pushing you where you need to go. And the gameplay is so good and solid and has a very generous aim assist and all that. And the lowest difficulty is very forgiving and it's just a game a series that he's able to handle and he loves military games he loves military movies he loves all that kind of stuff so 
it's just been this great annual thing that I've been able to give my father that he's really enjoyed, and now I'm not going to be able to do it this year. I hope it's not a trend. I hope it's just that they weren't, like, whatever it wasn't coming together. I don't know. There were some confusing things about the specialists that maybe they might have things that are, like, short stories similar to Battlefield 1. I don't know, but I, I don't I don't think they would even be that substantial. But it's really depressing that there is no single-player campaign. For me, I know a lot of people don't care, and I'm sure the reason why it's not in there is also because they look at it and look at the numbers and be like, people want the multiplayer. Battle Royale is hot. People love the zombies mode. That's what people play. They might dabble in the single-player just to kind of get used to everything, and then they'll just jump into multiplayer, which, you know, sucks. I think... One of the reasons probably why single player isn't as played either is because maybe they could just throw co-op in there. Allow it so they can play with a buddy. They had that in, I think, Advanced Warfare. and Maybe Infinite Warfare. I don't know. They've had it in this game and that game. Uh, I believe they had it in World at War. I don't know. You know, but uh, not in the modern warfare games at least the first one and the second one i don't i don't know it's here or there um and also the footage they showed what little they showed of actual gameplay didn't look that great but of course it's not going to look as great when you're doing multiplayer and all that that's just how games work but it didn't look like some vast improvement visually so it wasn't all that exciting and then the zombie stuff to me ooh, they're on the titanic i don't care that didn't look interesting. Oh, they're sent back in time to the Coliseum and they can only use melee weapons. That looked terrible. I had no interest in that at all. And then there was something else. I don't I don't know if they showed the third thing or they're just like, oh, you'll get to play as your favorite people from the old games or whatever. I don't know. Um, I just kept waiting, waiting, waiting for that single player. Come on, squash those rumors to show us that you've been working on a single player. And that never happened. Uh, it's also... They're, the people who were talking didn't always do that well. I guess reading off a prompter, but they stumbled and stammered a bit, which I am I know that very well, so I could feel their pain. And then they had the the lead guy from No Man's Sky Team Hello, Hello Games, I believe, on Inside Xbox. I guess that was yesterday. I don't know. I didn't see any, like... I feel like Inside Xbox has a long way to go to actually be something that is both relevant and things uh, and a thing people are aware of. Because I had no idea what the hell was going on. I didn't know until my friend Rich told me, hey, you hear about the No Man's Sky thing? And I guess they reveal that multiplayer will be coming with No Man's Sky next. And that No Man's Sky next will be released on July 24th on Xbox One and then a free update in on the for the PC and the PS4 version. I'm super excited for it. Multiplayer or not, I really enjoyed my time with the PS4 version. I never played it once it was getting updated, so I didn't experience any of the base building thing or anything after the, the main game. And I put thirty plus hours into it. I feel like I may have put close to fifty and I really enjoyed it. I had a blast with it. I, I enjoyed just going around the islands, finding things, collecting resources, upgrading my suit, finding better ships, 
uh, and collecting. My, my favorite thing was finding those stones that let you learn new alien languages. You learn a new word, and then when you run into aliens, you're better able to communicate with them. So if they want something, you have a better idea of like which of the three responses is going to be a pleasurable thing because sometimes that you say something and they're pissed off and they'll hit you and you lose some health and that's not cool so it's good to be able to communicate with them and i just i found something really really pleasurable about that and it's a it's a very relaxing game it's a great podcast game is a it's a good game to just relieve stress with if you're playing these crazy bombastic games and they're just so, so exciting and there's so much going on it's a good game to just kind of mellow out with and I'm excited about the multiplayer. Is it going to work? Who knows? I don't know. They've been working on the game for years now, so it should work, hopefully. But, you know, there's State of Decay 2, which apparently the multiplayer is where the game is really, really janky. Single player, you still got some issues, but it, it is apparently just insanely broken beyond belief uh, when playing co-op, which is disappointing. But I'm still excited to play that game. But I'm really looking forward to No Man's Sky. So yeah, moving on to the Star Wars The Last Jedi table. So the Star Wars The Last Jedi tables consist of two tables. One is The Last Jedi, and the other one is the Ankh-To Island table, which is based on the island where Luke Skywalker has been hiding all those years. And they are two very different tables. The Last Jedi table has a lot more going on it has a bit of everything from the last jedi that's why it's called the last jedi table so there there is a little bit of the island you know there's some spaceship stuff and there's droids and like there's a lot going on um and there's a lot of excitement in it you can do these three no there's six different missions the fifth one i believe which is the ground attack i believe it's called is insane it is a multi-ball thing that shoots maybe seven balls at once at you and there are you know like at ats atats shooting lasers at these balls and they'll blow up some of them and it's crazy it's insane um i i already get anxiety when i'm dealing with multi-balls they freak me out but this was even worse but it's bad anxiety in a great way uh, it, it, it's a really, really fun table with a lot going on. It's quick uh, and easy to learn and figure out, oh, if I hit the ball here, this will happen. If I hit the ball here, this will happen. The various missions that you have, like escaping where you have to ride those stupid giant hyena horse. I don't know what the hell those things were. Um, and there's one where you're fighting off against Captain Fandango and her stupid stormtroopers. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun, and there's a lot of going on. It, it's a table that it's pretty easy to keep the ball in play to. Like I, I feel like the handful of times I played it, I was able to play it for a good while. It wasn't like I put the ball in play, and then it would just fall you know, down one of the sides or down the middle really quickly. Um, and I, I just had a lot of fun with that, and I don't even love The Last Jedi. I appreciate it more after rewatching the prequels, but I don't love The Last Jedi or anything that happens in it, so uh, I don't have some affinity for that movie that makes me already like the table. But with all that said, I, I really do like that table. Moving on to the Ankh-To Island table. That one is just boring. 
because the, the scenery being in all this rocky brownie gray and some green shrubbery whatever it's just it's boring sometimes it's a, a bit more interesting when it transitions to dark uh tonight um but it's a really really dull table I feel like I need to read the instructions and the manual for that to figure out how. I feel like I know how to access the these handful of, not missions, but they're like, I don't know, character story things where you can do something as Ray or Chewie or I guess Luke. And I think I know where you have to hit it to access that. And it's in a really annoying spot and I don't like it. Um, I also am pretty sure... Whoever voicing, who's ever voicing Luke, it's not Mark Hamill. The the Last Jedi table, I'm assuming they're just sound clips from the movie. But on that island table, if it's Mark Hamill voicing Luke, does not sound like him. To me, maybe I'm losing my hearing. I don't know. But it's really distracting whenever he talks because I'm like, that's not Luke. Who is really talking? It It's jarring because I know it's supposed to be Luke Skywalker talking, but it doesn't even sound remotely like Mark Hamill to me, and it's a bit disappointing. And overall, that table is just a bit dull. Is it awful? No, I mean, it's still a well-done table, but if you are going to pick, if you have time to play Pinball FX3, you're gonna and you're picking up this this pack. I would just I would always play at the Last Jedi table, and I'm assuming you own some other Star Wars tables or other tables. It's definitely on the lower end and a table I would not play by choice unless I was just trying to improve my wizard score stuff like that. And like that was a table that was clearly on the the lower end of my playtime and high score and all that jazz. So still, I feel like I don't I don't think they sell tables separately anymore but i i do think that the pack is worth it for the last jedi table alone i think that table is fantastic it's one of the the better tables i've played in a while and i was surprised I, I like the variety i like how colorful it is and after playing i mean i played the pinball arcade game a few days ago because i know they're they're getting rid of their a lot of their tables because they're losing the licenses and i'm like do I want to spend $150 to buy all these packs and get all these tables? There's no achievements tied to any of them. And it's kind of expensive. It's not a terrible deal. You get like, whatever, 12 tables. So it's less than $3 a table, which was the going rate when they were selling the pinball effects and then pinball tables separately. So it's not like it's a bad deal. It's just I haven't kept up with purchasing them. So it's just so much to pay Oh, from now until June 30th, I could spread it out. And it's fun to play tables that I played in real life, but I don't know if I don't know if I want to make the investment. And there's there, visually there's so much. I don't want to say there's so much, but you can tell the difference between a pinball arcade table and a pinball FX table. Ignore Stern pinball that arcade one because I haven't played that one in a while. I don't know where that falls in this in this group. But there is so much love and and I don't want to say that either. Like there's definitely love and all that put into the pinball arcade tables. But the the pinball effects tables are so 
beautifully crafted and the the art on the table the models they have in them the way everything works sometimes i feel bad because there's so much going on on the tables that i have to focus on the ball but then there are these things that i can see in my peripheral that are going on I'm like oh i wish i could watch that right now because somebody took the time to model that and to animate that and there's crap going on there's some action like oh these these things are fighting but they're up there and the ball's here and i i need to focus on the ball sure i could you know, put the flipper up and just hold the ball in place and look around like, oh, look at all this. Or just watch the kind of aerial uh, cover of the whole thing in the beginning. But, yeah. So, yeah. those The Star Wars The Last Jedi tables, one is really, really good. And one's kind of dull. But that really, really good one is worth it. Um, so, yeah. Now, God of War. PS4 spoilers and all that jazz so i let's get the the bad out of the way and this isn't bad it's just the the part of the game that i found disappointing and that is the combat i did not really like the axe at all at any point catching it recalling it and catching it that always felt great throwing it i i just kind of was like hey make it easier and make it kind of automatically go to someone i don't know it just never felt quite right to me. I never felt like I was in the best control throwing it. I felt like I would sometimes throw it and it's just like, well, I didn't, I meant to throw it there and it it went off a little bit. But recalling it always felt great. Just that like, ooh, like that there was that real sense of impact. And I think the controller even rirates uh, when that happens. Um, but like the melee attacks with it, I didn't like all that much. I sometimes got confused because if I didn't have my axe out and went to attack but didn't throw it, I would still use the fist and I feel like, oh, I just wish he would take his axe when I'm doing the attacks. You know, just let me use my fist if I threw the axe somewhere. I don't want to just use the fist, but I understand why because there are certain enemies that the axe doesn't affect, but I never understood why because I feel like those same enemies at times could be hurt with the axe and it was confusing because the axe is ice. And then, you know, there comes that point about... 50 60 percent through the story where you get the blades of chaos and that was an incredible moment when you actually are going to get them and you know what you're you're getting if you are someone who has played god of war games in the past that was an amazing moment collecting them amazing using them fantastic i love those so much more when the second i got the the blades of chaos i stopped using the axe unless i had to if it was an enemy that the fire of the blades of chaos wouldn't affect I, I i would always use them even on enemies that would definitely take more damage from the axe i'm like i don't care i will take my time and i will just use these blades of chaos because they're so much more fun to use and they look way cooler they're just so much fun um but still i didn't love the combat after that i mean i enjoyed using them but i never felt like it was the, the greatest combat or one of the greatest combat systems I've ever used, which I feel like I've heard a lot of people say about the game. Um, and yeah, I think Atreus becomes incredibly powerful once you start upgrading him and he just he's able to destroy enemies and it gets crazy at a point. Uh, rage mode is fine. But the reason why I love god of war and was really surprised with it and 
despite all the hype, still really, really, really enjoyed it was because the story and the characters are so fantastic. Um, I think, I mean, it's amazing that they managed to make a God of War game with a Kratos I really, really like. I never liked Kratos. I don't remember him all at all really in the first two games. I'm like, whatever. This is just some angry dude. And then in the third game, I was like, this is one angry asshole piece of crap. I don't like playing as him. He's a horrible, horrible person. God, whatever. I don't like him. I don't want to play as him. And I never played another God of War game until now. But in this one, he is a god who lost his wife, the mother of his child. And now he has to figure out how to be a father because he was clearly not a very present father before all this and he's trying to just figure out how how to handle everything and how to be the, f the best father he can be he can't just he can't just suddenly change his personality but he has to try and adapt to the situation and i like following that arc of Forrest's character atreus i thought was pretty annoying but annoying in the way a kid his age would be annoying um who lost his mother and has a father who was distant and not the biggest part of his life it all makes sense it doesn't mean it's an enjoyable character to be with and when he has his little emo moment after learning that he's a god and like i'm a god i can do whatever i want i can kill these things like phew. Why should I care about this or that? I'm a god. It was really annoying. Then he stopped listening to you when he asked him to shoot arrows and stuff. And that was very frustrating. It was understandable. I, I understood why that was happening from a character standpoint. It, it all makes sense. But like I said previously, it, it did not make for a fun experience. It was very annoying. I haven't played The Last Guardian. But I imagine that was what it was like when the, the little bird, cat, dog would not listen to you at times. And in this case, it was the same. It was very, very annoying and frustrating. And he would just be like, whatever. Um, sometimes when he would actually do the thing you're asking, he was like, whatever, and just shoot his arrow. And I'm like, you son of like, You can watch my frustration when that video and the playthrough goes up because I was very, very frustrated. I wanted to beat the crap out of him. There's like, I just wish I could cut his head off. There were so many times where I'm like, I just want to kill you right now. But then all of the the rest of the characters, other than your main two, were really, really great. I love Freya. I love her reveal when you're hunting this boar and she's up and like, what, you, why'd you hurt, my, you hurt my friend? And then you get taken to this very, very colorful world that is something incredible to behold at that early point in the game. It's like, oh my god, this this is such a beautiful environment and then when you see her house and it's underneath this tree that is actually on the back of this giant <clears throat> this giant turtle it was like oh my god it was one of the most amazing like parts of the game where i was like kind of taken aback and just like wow this game has a huge scale to it like this there's there's more to this world than i think there is because you have giant turtles with houses under them and trees on their back. I was just like, wow, this this is something. This is something right here. And I loved 
Freya right from the beginning. I thought she was a really cool character. I thought she was interesting. And I think her arc, as you learn that she is Balder, who is the the antagonist of the story, the guy who fights you in the very beginning with a very fun cinematic fight that isn't... The thing about all the fights with Balder, they look incredible. They're very cinematic. The, the camera shots and all that, it looks great. Is it all that much fun to play? No, because it isn't all that interactive. You do a bit of fighting on the ground and you're not doing that much damage. Like, oh, I feel like I'm going to get my ass whooped. How, how, this is just going to be really long and tedious. Oh, no, it's because you do some damage and then it transitions to a cutscene. And maybe at some point you'll press R1 or R2 to do some punching or maybe a little countering. But you're really just watching this uh, fight play out with occasional interactive moments and the bits on the ground that are just kind of there to waste some time until the next moment happens. Which I don't have a problem with because they're they're cool to look at, but I just I also look at them and I'm like, well, I'm not really doing any of this. None of the important cool bits. I'm just watching all that stuff happen, which took a little bit away from those experiences. But when you find out that Freya is Baldur's mother, and then you have that big fight at the very end where she keeps trying to stop you two from fighting because she doesn't want either of you to kill each other. It's intense, and when you finally, when the fight ends and you don't kill Balder, and he goes to Freya and he starts choking her, it's like she says to him, you know, if if killing me will relieve you of whatever and stuff like and whatnot, that was you know intense as you're just watching him choke the life out of her, and then God of War comes up right next to him, he's like, no, and like snaps his neck, and that was one hell of a moment that was a very very intense just like oh snap moment where i was just i was like what is going to happen now she's definitely not going to be happy with this but i was so happy he did that because it made sense to his character and i think he said something along the lines of like no you know we have to be better than this like you you had your chance and this is this is what happened uh and then she Storms off very upset, and Mamir, the talking head, another one of the delightful characters who can be annoying at sometimes. And like, you know what, talking head, just shut up, okay? Sometimes I don't need your 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 input, your feedback. But when he when she storms off, he's like, you know what, you just need to give her some time. She's not going to be upset at you forever, but she needs her time and what and what have you, and. My immediate thought, I don't think this is in any way going to happen, but I love Freya so much. I think she's cool. She's the witch of the woods, um, and she has, she's got magic abilities. She's capable with a bow. I think it would be super cool if the next God of War game followed her, and you played as her, and it could pick up almost immediately after the end of God of War, and you know she's doing this or that, preparing things and whatnot, and an hour in, where you fought Baldur in the first hour in God of War, you fight Kratos at the beginning of this sequel, this hypothetical sequel, as Freya. You beat the crap out of each other back and forth for, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And at the end of it, you're both beaten. You forgive Kratos, and then you go on a journey for something or other. I don't know what. And you can even have it where Atreus is still a part of the story, and he's coming along with Freya. 
because she knows her way around magic and all that. And when we learn that Atreus is actually Loki, he's got magic stuff of his own. She can help him learn more of that, bring it out, help him harness all of that magical energy in himself. Maybe. Is this all going to happen? Hell no. They're not going to have a God of War game where you're not Kratos or Atreus. I don't think they're going to be like, hey, now you're playing as Freya. But I think it would be awesome. And I would love to play as another badass woman, which Freya is. And then you also have the, the dwarves, Brock and Sindri. I love Brock from the very first second. I love his stupid sense of humor. I love how he just constantly calls uh, Kratos a son of a bitch. And just sometimes just says, you know, you know what, you can go right and fuck off. Whatever. Uh, but Sindri had to grow on me. At first, I'm like, you're so much, you're nowhere near as fun as your brother Brock. But then I was like, hey, I like, I like your neurotic nature. It's a fun contrast to Brock. And when they come together, it's a great moment. And they work well together. And they're just two really fun characters who are very different, but are both delightful in their own ways. I still have a special place in my heart for Brock, though. I really loved him. And then I think probably the weakest characters of the game are, and these are the ones I don't remember their name. And that's why it's clear that they're weak. I remember Sindri. I remember Brock. I remember Freya, uh, Balder, and all that. Uh, And I think Balder is a strong antagonist because you see that, while he is your antagonist, he is the villain of this story from your perspective. He's not an awful person. He is someone who, because his mother, Freya, decided she didn't want him to feel any pain, literally makes it so he can't feel anything. He's living this life where he's immortal, can't be killed, can't feel anything, and it's a miserable experience for him. And he just wants to get rid of that. He wants to feel and that, you know, eventually happens in the end when he can feel and then gets killed. Um, you see that he, and he wasn't even searching for Kratos the whole time. He was searching for the mother because the mother you learn is a frost giant, thus Loki. Duh. Um, and I really liked him as the antagonist, but his two nephews, the sons of Thor, they were whatever. I could, I mean, fine. They're in there, I guess. And maybe it's cool just because, you know, killing Thor's sons means Thor's going to be angry. And you get a little Thor tease at the end end of the game. Um, but I could, you know, I, I didn't care about them. Go back on the comment, too. Outside of the fights with Thor's sons and Balder, the like mini bosses and all that were also pretty disappointing because all you really had were either these frost giant things that were like made out of stone or trolls and the ogres were the smaller ones that he could take control of I think and then the trolls are these bigger ones that hold these giant not boulders like columns and they're all the same and every time you take them down, it's the same animation, which is also disappointing where you like smash your axe into their head and then you twist them down and bring them down and then make it so that their giant column smashes their head. And I'm like, oh, that's cool the first time, but then I keep seeing it. And even the the bridge boss or whatever was just a variant of 
one of those giant trolls with a few more abilities, and that was a bit disappointing. Which, you know, is part of the whole combat is okay and all that and stuff like that. Like, the puzzles were fine. They didn't do much for me. I'm happy that the accessibility options were in there that allowed you to make certain things less annoying, like the doors that you have to find the sweet spot on. I'm just like, no, I just want to press the button. It's a door. I just want to open it. That's it. Um, but yeah, I really, really, really like the game because of the story on the strength of the story and the characters. Also, like visually, the world was super interesting to go through and to traverse and to travel to these different places. I really like the way the game was structured in this one shot and always following this. And I think it had worked really well. And when it did get into these cutscenes and give you these very cinematic experiences with the balder fights and whatnot where like the one on the dragon and stuff it it looks amazing it's a it's a very thrilling experience when you're getting into these crazy moments and crazy fights and but like i said i, I think the game strength is in its story and its characters and it's really surprising for a god of war game to have that strong of a story and characters i i was not expecting to love all of that as much as i did and if the combat was more if the combat clicked with me sure i would be like yeah this is a 10 out of 10 maybe this is one of the greatest games of all time but because the combat never clicked with me even when i got the blades which i enjoyed substantially more than the axe it still was like you know this is fine um and I wonder if maybe if there was a bit more variety in enemies, variety in the troll fights, variety or more actual control in the boss fights, um, that maybe I'd be more interested. Also, there's that giant bird. I met if you, when you watch my playthroughs. If you do, I kept seeing that giant bird. I'm like, that's cool. What is that giant bird? And it never did anything. And it drove me crazy. And I don't even think any of the other characters commented on the fact that there was a giant bird there, even when we were really close to it. And it was pissing me off. Because I'm like, who, does nobody else notice that there's a giant bird here and it's awesome? Can we please just comment on it? I you don't have to do anything, but just like, there's a giant bird there. What are you doing? Um, so yeah. That was a bit annoying because I'm I'm freaking out over this giant bird and no one in the game is. No one gives a shit that there's a giant bird at like in the background of this one boss fight. There's a giant bird when you're going up like these stairs that's just chilling there and you're like, "Hey, giant bird, you're cool. You're cool. You want you want to hang out? Nothing. Also, the world serpent was humongous, and when you go inside it, I was like, "Oh, this is all right," but uh, not not too exciting because you just go through it collect your crap then you leave you know the thing is you know there are no enemies inside of it so you go there you collect your thing and then on your way out that's where Baldur's beating the crap out of it and you get into your big fight but yeah god of war i feel like that was a really rambly poorly structured spoiler review of it um but yeah <laughs> it's a it's a really, really good game. I highly recommend it. And I think it's a game that you should really play. But maybe it's a game that you could just watch on YouTube or stuff like that because I think the combat is the weakest side. And my dad is watching my playthrough of it, which is really weird. And speaking of my dad, now that we're out of spoiler territory, or if you're still with me, 
we played some Halo. We finally got back to the first Halo game doing co-op. And we, the last mission we finished was the one before the library. So we had to tackle the library. He did not like the library. No one likes the library. It makes sense that he wouldn't like the library because the library is one of the worst levels in any game ever. I hate it. And I was wondering how this experience would be. And it was very interesting. I, You know a level is terrible when it brings out the dark side of my father, who's a very sweet, nice guy. But when we were playing through the library, he kept calling me dipshit and moron and talking about all the time how this level made him want to kill himself. He just hated it so much. He was like, oh, God. Kim, I, this is just me. I just want to kill myself. Oh, why are you doing that, you dipshit? Oh, you, uh, oh come on, you moron. Like, it was, it was something. I really wish I recorded it because it was. I, I, I just want to have that evidence of my father calling me a dipshit and a moron multiple times while talking about how he just wants to kill himself because of the library. So yeah, that's the library. But we'll we'll finish it soon enough, and then I think after we finish Halo 1, I won't jump immediately into Halo 2, but maybe we'll try and play through A Way Out. I think that could be really cool. So that will do it for today's episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Mark Kujanez. Y'all can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Xbox Live, Monomalist, Steam, Twitch, and all the usual places at PX Sausage. So that's twitch.tv slash PX Sausage. Not that I really stream anything. I haven't streamed anything in a while because I wasn't streaming God of War. And who knows, maybe I'll stream something. Even though, like, I don't know why I'm streaming. I feel like maybe I should try Mixer. Because I don't know. I feel like on Twitch... If you're someone who's new to streaming, which I am, and I only have eight followers, like it, it's very hard to grow an audience unless you want to play. I, I don't want to play Fortnite. I don't. Uh, maybe I could play Rainbow Six Siege, but I only play that solo in Terrace Hunt. Is that something people are interested in? I don't know. Um, so, yeah. Played Halo. People don't care about that. Uh, I could play PUBG, I guess. I don't know if I really want to. So, that's the thing. Unless you already have that huge audience that is into streaming you need to play the games that people care about but then everyone's playing those so how do they still find you um man i don't think i'm that interesting to want to watch streaming anything so but yeah on psn i'm the Kush three the site is of course pixelated sausage.com where you can find this podcast and the pixelated paranormal podcast which are also available on podcast services across the globe like stitcher radio google play and apple podcasts and you can also watch the video for this show on YouTube. That is youtube.com slash pixelated sausage. And there are also other videos on there like playthroughs, little quick looks, and what have you. Uh, some anime reviews, which are very popular. Uh, so yeah, you can go there and watch all that crap. And if you would like to support the site. No, not there yet. You can also check the... Uh, <laughs> You can also check out the art I do by checking out the site. Well, this is this is turning into a train wreck. You can go to pixelatesausage.com to check out the art I do, or you can see it all in one fancy schmancy place by going over to pxsart.com, where you can also get links to where you can purchase prints of the pieces you like. And if you'd like to support the site in general and everything we do, like this kind of crap and other crap and the art, which, you know, it's not crap. I, I'm I'm willing to say my art is not crap, at least. 
you can go over to patreon.com slash pxs and chip in a buck or two that way. Whatever you feel like doing, that's all good. You don't have to. But if you want to, awesome. Uh, so yeah, that will do it for today's episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. I don't know what the hell any of that was. So yeah, 